0: Welcome to the Modern Direct Seller Podcast, where we talk about strategy, training, and systems to help you reach big goals and find success in direct sales. I'm your host, Becky Launder, a San Diego mama, marketing junkie, and sales strategist that has built several six-figure businesses and is on a mission to share the new modern ways to rock your biz. If you're a go getter, direct seller, and looking for actionable strategies, you are in the right place. This is for you. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy you are here today. And I couldn't be more excited to continue the conversation that we had over in the Modern Direct Seller Academy with productivity coach, Chelsea Newmeyer. Chelsea, how are you? I'm um,
1: great, Becky. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited.
0: Absolutely. I could not be more excited too. This is one of my most favorite topics. I feel like there's so much to say on it. Yeah, and everyone's always looking for that magic bullet or all the secrets on how to become more productive in business and life and focus on those things that matter the most. So before we dive into all of that juicy content, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background and how did you end up stepping into this title of Productivity Coach?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have always been a time management and productivity nerd. So this has always been something that I've loved. I've always been that person who had the fresh notebook and used the planner that they gave us at school in middle school with the scratchy cover. That was totally me. I loved it. And when I got into college, I realized how important it really was to balance everything. I was, my undergraduate degree is actually in biomedical engineering. So I was just slammed and then pressed on I'm like a total type A person who was involved in like every single club I possibly could be. And so managing my time was super important. And when I started working, I actually worked in development. I was never an engineer. I, I transitioned into working for nonprofits, but when I got into the workplace, I realized how it wasn't intuitive for everyone. It wasn't something that was explicitly taught anywhere. I started to tutor high school students who really struggled with executive function skills. So time management, productivity, and how to plan projects, how to read textbooks, that kind of work. And so I was always that kind of go-to person in the office to say, oh, you know, this is taking me a really long time. Can you help me figure out this Excel hack or this email hack or anything like that? And when the pandemic hit, I finally had actually some free time because I wasn't commuting anymore. And that's what really gave me the space I needed to launch this business and realize how important it was to work with people to create personalized productivity. Because the other piece of it is that every time you Google for how to work faster, how to stop procrastinating, if all the books feel like they're written by people who are in these like high-level executive spaces who have people who are supporting them in the back end, right? You don't he- read a lot of books about how to manage your work and your home and a business, right? And the kind of last straw for me was I was reading a book, same thing written by some executive at some high-level company, and he talked about taking a nap in the middle of the day. And at the time, I was working in like a traditional nine-to-five where I had to go in. I was like, great. Who's going to tell my boss I need a couch in my office? Like, I like insane. naps. Right, or you know that advice of like block out the yeah. whole day for deep work and right. I was like, again, who's going to tell my boss that I can't reply to the emails? Like, I have to be available. It just wasn't practical, and so I wanted to be able to like, work with individuals, teach them the skills they need to create a schedule that makes sense for them. That's not copy pasted, and that teaches them the skills to adjust when things come up because things happen, right? And we got to know how to tweak it, um, yes. even with a perfect schedule.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And <laughs> what comes to mind for me is I remember after I went back to work full time after I had my first baby, I think I bought every book out there of like, how do people do this? Like, there's got to be some hack or I've got to be doing it wrong because I'm losing my mind over here working full time with a little one at home. And I couldn't find the book. I couldn't find the book on it because I, it is personal. It's one of those personal things. You have to kind of find your rhythm and figure out what that looks like for you. And I remember being very disappointed that there wasn't a book that was going to tell me exactly how to manage my chaotic life with a newborn baby. (laughs)
1: Yep. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So we have such a great discussion over in the Academy during our masterclass just about procrastination, right? So I know many of us, many of us, procrastinate in some areas of our life. So maybe just break it down for us. What are those different forms of procrastination? And then we can unpack why we're procrastinating and some hacks to get around that.
1: Absolutely. So again, I was one of my favorite topics because it really boils down to kind of the the meat and potatoes of getting our work done because we can have a beautiful schedule. We can have a great to-do list, but if we spend the whole time procrastinating and actually accomplishing anything, you're right back where you started. I love teaching on this topic. We just did a whole hour, so I'm going to try to condense it. But one of the main reasons I see people procrastinating, there's two main reasons I'll talk about today. The first one is they have an abstract goal. And what I mean by that is they don't understand exactly what that final thing is going to look like. And so they don't even know where to start. So let's say you want to start a podcast that is a big project. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's maybe a lot of things that you don't understand or don't know where to get that resource from. And so all of that is just going to stop you because you're just not quite sure where to put your foot to get that first step happening. The other big thing I see, especially in the entrepreneurial world, business owners and direct marketers is that fear of failure and perfectionism. So we're really looking at all of the things that could go wrong when we put ourselves out in the world. And we have to be forward-facing. We have to put ourselves out there. So that can be scary, right? We're afraid of repercussions. We're afraid of embarrassing ourselves. We're nervous about the comments. We think that if we just tweak that Instagram post a little bit more, it'll be perfect. Or if we just wait a little bit longer, that thing we launch is going to be ready. And the reality is we have to take that messy action. So there's a few other reasons we procrastinate. Obviously, if you don't like the task, if you really need that deadline pressure, those can all impact it as well. But what I see most common is that that abstract goal and that fear of failure perfectionism really slowing us down.
0: Yes. Oh,
1: I love that. And just to bring
0: it to life in the direct sales space too, I think the example that comes to mind for me all the time is so many want to grow their team, right? They Mm -hmm. want to build their team. They want to, you know, be a leader in their organization or promote up to the next level, whatever that might look like. But that's a big lofty goal. And breaking that down into what do I actually have to do today to be on that path to that promotion or on that path to leadership or to add that next team member? often is the much, much smaller task, right? But that's not what we write down on our to-do list. So I, that one just really stands out to me and goes hand in hand with that need for perfectionism or that need to, you know, what what if they say no? Or what if I do it right. wrong? Or all of those fears that creep in, which is natural, right? Mm-hmm. It happens. But I love the idea of taking messy action. That's where it's all about.
1: Yeah. And so if you're stuck in that spot, right, if you don't know where to start, so let's say, you know, you'd want to start a podcast, so you're ready to grow your team. Exactly. Like you said, it's really writing down all the smallest possible pieces that are going to get you to that goal. And that's what we pace them out. We put on the to-do list, the smallest possible step. We don't write the big goal on the to-do list on our day-to-day practice. So write down that smallest possible step. Give yourself things that have a definitive beginning and end that take maximum an hour. Just again, so we're seeing that daily progress. Maybe you'll get more done. That's fantastic. You can always go back and add more, but we want to feel accomplished at the end of the day. And then for that perfectionism or fear of failure space, the worst thing anyone's going to do is say no. Yeah. Most of the time. Right. And then no one is paying more attention to your business than you. So that spelling error or that grammar error, you are going to notice that faster than anybody else. And I often think back to of how many times I've seen business owners that I look up to or coworkers or anything make a silly error like that. And if that made me change my view of them, and oftentimes, no, right? Like we're all human. You know, there's some grace that we give ourselves and give others, so that's what helps me kind of just take that messy action and not get so hung up on those itty bitty details. Yes, I love that you
0: said that because every time you know I get an email from somebody that you know has a bigger business than me or a bigger following and they have like a broken link or a misspelling, I'm always like, see, look, look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine me like, okay, okay, <laughs> I still follow them. Yep, I still exactly. But I'm like, "Oh, they're human too." Okay. And if they yep. have built a business this big and they're this successful even with broken links and typos, then we're all going to be okay. <laughs>
1: exactly. So and my sister is a journalist and uh-huh. so she's a very good writer, very good editor. And so she is the first person to email me back saying, hey, this was spelled wrong in your newsletter. And like it doesn't hurt my feelings because it just gives me the opportunity to say, all right, you know what? I do need to slow down. Like It's a good reminder for us and we could always be improving. But at the end of the day, I had to send the newsletter and she's probably the only person who noticed. Right?
0: Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, well, a little side note over here at our house. So my husband and I work together and... He proofreads like anything important that I write and makes sure that I don't have typos because he's that person. He's that's like, mm, there's not going to be a broken link, there's not going to be a typo. So if it gets past him, oh, <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> oh my awesome. that's
0: lucky. <laughs> All right. So kind of switching gears a little bit here. You know, Many direct sellers, many that are listening to the podcast right now are probably listening to this podcast on their way to their full-time job. They might be listening while they're folding laundry or taking care of kiddos at the same time. We are pros at fitting business into the nooks and crannies of our day and having really limited time to actually focus and get that work done. So any tips to be Productive when we have that time to sit down to actually work?
1: Yeah. So I love this question because I think it's so important to recognize that we are trying to fit a lot of things into these little, you know, micro moments in our day, right? And we can be really productive during those times or actually just really intentional. I think what I teach kind of overarching as well is, is just being really intentional with our time. So when we have those nice chunks of time, you want to go into it having it planned ahead of time. So I mm-hmm. always plan my day the night before. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know in what order I'm going to do it because we don't want to waste those critical five, 10 minutes during that beginning of our two hour block, let's say, figuring out what we're going to do or kind of poking around in our inbox or, you know, shuffling papers, right? We want to sit down and get right to work. And again, that to do list has super actionable steps. So it doesn't say start a podcast. It says, set up posting platform account, right? Like again, really simple, actionable things to do. So that's one thing. Thinking back to those kind of smaller moments that we have, I really like to keep kind of a running list of tasks that are going to take less than 15 minutes. And if I get lucky and a meeting ends early, instead of feeling like I have to jump into a bigger project, I can just take care of one or two of those small tasks. So it keeps that momentum going, but without feeling like I don't want to start and stop a bunch of projects too. Mm -hmm. So that's a good tip that I like to share with people. And the other is to just recognize that often things take less time than we anticipate. So when you're mapping out your day or thinking through your day, I like to set them up in kind of sprints and I'll say, okay, this is my 50 minute sprint. What can I get done in 50 minutes? And often I get whatever that thing done, I want to get done much faster because work expands to fill the time it's given. So if you give yourself two hours to do something, it's going to take you all two hours. If you give yourself two weeks to do something, it's going to take you two weeks. But if you give yourself 50 minutes, you'll be pretty amazed by how much you can actually get done in that time if you're Mm -hmm. really focused.
0: (laughs) I love that. So minimizing distractions during that 50 minute sprint is probably also really important. So you're not, you know, checking email and picking up your phone and doing all those things at the same time, because I think many of us are, you know, used to multitasking, (laughs) which I know is not always a great productivity tip.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I actually like to set a timer on my phone. And then if I instinctively go to reach my phone, I see the timer going. It just, it makes me pause. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be touching my phone right now. Yes. Yes. Well, and
0: I feel like all those notifications and I'm so guilty of having like 45 browser windows open with all of my half finished projects or things I need to come back to that I leave open. So it's so easy, especially when we're working at our desk or at our computer to see all of those other things in the mix when we're really trying to do that dedicated focused work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and as much as you can do to get rid of those distractions, I would highly recommend close out your email. Nothing is an emergency. And if you have a team, if you work in an office space where you feel like you have to have your email open more available, then that's a great opportunity to have a conversation with your team and decide what is the communication hierarchy, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is the expected response time for an email versus a Slack notification versus a text messages versus a phone call, right? Like I don't want a phone call unless something's on fire. Yeah. Otherwise, it's an email that I will get back to in 24 hours, right? Like, so that's a really great opportunity to have a conversation with your team about what is the expectation so that you are confident and comfortable closing out some of those distractions. That's such good advice. I love that.
0: I love that. Okay. So let's talk about those priorities, right? Because... I've seen in working with thousands of direct sellers that sometimes we're not prioritizing the things that are actually going to make a difference in our business, right? It's easy to prioritize, maybe the easy stuff to check off the list or the things that are within our comfort zone that we're confident doing. But oftentimes what really moves the needle in the business is the stuff that we don't prioritize or we don't give as much love and attention to as we probably should. So what are your tips just around focusing on the right things? So when everything feels like a priority, our to-do list is 100 things long. How do we focus on those things that truly are priorities and going to make a big difference in our businesses?
1: Yeah, this is such an easy thing to fall into because we want to work on what's fun, right? If you really like graphic design, you're going to make beautiful graphics for your social media page, right? But again, so we're recognizing what's a priority. So I define priority as something that's going to move you towards your goal. So we have to also understand what our goal is. Typically, generally speaking, that is making money, right? So what moves are you going to make to make money that week, that day, that month, right? So when we see our to-do list and we're like, ooh, this is when more fun. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to do that. Again, we want to make the decision the night before. So we're not as swayed by our emotions or our inclinations. We also wanna be thoughtful about when we're working on things. If you are more focused in the morning, then maybe that's when you wanna do some of those harder things and just kind of get them out of the way. I'm much more focused in the afternoon. So I like to prioritize conversations in the morning and meetings in the morning and then really do my focus work in the afternoons. So that's something to think about too is it's going to be easier if you are better focused, more awake and like ready to roll even if you don't want to do it, it's going to be done faster if you put it at the right time of day. And if you need that runway, if you need that momentum, then set a timer for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and do the thing you want to do. And then once the timer hits, then we got to roll into the hard stuff, into that thing that you know is important, but you don't necessarily love or want to do it. So sometimes I need a runway too. And so I'll like work on a couple easier tasks that are fun for me build up that momentum, get into work mode and say, okay, now I'm ready to go. Now I'm gonna tackle that bigger project.
0: I love that. I love that. So part of it is the pre-planning and Mm -hmm. really kind of looking at things earlier and being able to prioritize without being in that moment. I think that's what I'm hearing you say, too, is that when you're in the moment, it's easy to be like, "Ah, I'm just going to check this off the list or I'm going to focus on that or I'm going to go in Canva and create 42 social media graphics that are the prettiest things ever when really what I need to be doing is following up with my customers or I need to be asking somebody for a sale or doing some of those tasks that might feel a little bit heavier, Or a little bit outside the comfort zone. So I love this idea of a little bit of a runway, right? Like we want to have fun in our businesses. We want to, you know, make sure that it's bringing us joy. So starting with a little bit of the fun or the easier tasks and then moving into the heavier, harder tasks, but are probably higher priority.
1: Yeah, but you can also make those fun too, right? Like set up a reward for yourself at the end of that sprint or you know, once you've accomplished that bigger priority work. And again, when we talk about like breaking down tasks into the smallest possible piece, so let's say you need to follow up with your customers and you have 10 customers and making this up. When the task is follow up with customers, I actually will make 10 little boxes next to that task because then it becomes 10 little micro tasks that I can just cross off every time I do it. These are also an opportunity to create a template, right? So you have a template set so that you're just personalizing it to that person. We're not reinventing the wheel every time. So there's a couple of ways to just reduce the friction to get started, but then also make it really fun when it's done and have some kind of moment of celebration to reward yourself for that. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, I haven't talked about this on the podcast for a little while, but we have a tracker, an activity tracker as part of our academy, and every day, it basically encourages you to do some kind of active selling activity, building relationships with someone, because we're all about building relationships and connecting Mm -hmm. with people, and then creating content. like Those three things. If you can do those three things every day, you get to check a box, and then there's confetti on the screen. And that confetti, it is motivating. (laughs) So when you talk about bringing the fun factor, and connecting with, you know, the joy that your business brings, even when it's like, okay, I really didn't want to have to go talk to a bunch of people today or ask somebody for a sale, still got my confetti. And I have a few in the Academy that have been doing this now for, I think they're up to 150 days straight. So they pretty much started it as soon as we launched the confetti. And every single day they log in and they get their confetti. And it's those those little things sometimes that really keep you going. Definitely. That's so fun. I love it. Yeah. I told my husband, I was like, uh, it was right around my birthday. I'm like, my dream is for the computer to like pop out confetti when people do the things that are important in their business. And he was like, okay, sure. And then he made it. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's confetti. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. We are a big fan of confetti over here. All right, Chelsea. So tell us just for fun, what's your favorite office supply?
1: Uh, I am such a paper and pen person. So I feel like most nerdy people like me have a favorite kind of pen that we stick with. But in all honesty, my favorite office supply are half sheets of paper that I recycled because I've printed on the other side. Yeah. That's what I... It's so (laughs) eco-friendly. (laughs) Eco-friendly. And I wish it was sexier than that. But the reality is that my to-do list every day is on a half sheet of paper. Okay. Um, And then I get to throw it out at the end of the day, which is also very satisfying. And... That's what keeps me on track. I don't use a calendar planner, that calendar is digital, but it helps me focus on what I have to do that day without getting into the weeds of what's on my brain dump list or seeing stuff I have to do other days. It keeps me really focused on just today.
0: I love that. I love it. Well, and that was something that you shared during the masterclass, too, just around having your kind of brain dump list of all the things that you possibly could be doing that you need to do in life and then breaking it down to really like what are those things for that one day that you're gonna get done. So I love that. And I love that you throw it away at the end of the day. Oh cycle I recycle. Recycling we're <laughs> re- <we're> recycling. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Okay. And one more thing before we wrap up, you shared an amazing tip that I had never heard of when we had our masterclass together. So tell us about when you pick up your phone, I oh, forget what yeah. it's called. You pick up your phone and it doesn't automatically turn on.
1: Yeah. So if you have an iPhone, you can turn, it's called raise to wake. And this is what happens when you touch your phone without this feature turned off. The default setting is the screen lights up and it's going to light up and it's going to show you all the notifications that you have on your homepage. page. When the raise to wake is turned on, the phone doesn't react to you or the screen doesn't light up until you touch it, until you interact with the screen itself. And you'd be amazed. It's like the simplest little change. Someone recommended it to me and it drastically decreases the amount of phone time I have without even me noticing it yes. because I'm, I'm going to put my phone in my pocket. And as I pick my phone up, it's not going to light up and distract me from uh, checking yeah. something.
0: I love this so much. It is. so simple things. And with technology and the fact that, I mean, it's so great that we have everything at our fingertips on our phone. But there's all of these hacks that we have to create to make sure that it's not just completely taking over our life, which I'm sure money can also relate to, of just yeah. constantly checking for notifications, checking for orders, checking for social media posts, whatever it might be. It's so easy to get distracted. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, I'm still on my phone scrolling for I don't know what.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I love that. I never want to have to rely on my own willpower to make those decisions. So as much as I can utilize those settings, I do because I need my willpower for other stuff, right? Like, <laughs> So yes. set yourself up for success using some of those settings and tricks. I love it. So it's raised to wake on Mm -hmm.
0: iPhone and you can just search for it and it pops up. I love it. Okay, Chelsea, this has been such a fun conversation and I feel like we could probably talk all day about all the productivity hacks. And so I'm so, so glad that we were able to share this conversation with our audience. Now, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about what you do and possibly even work with
1: you as a productivity coach? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Chelsea and coaching and it's Chelsea with a Y. So that's the best place to find me to see all of the tips and tricks that I post. And I also love talking about productivity mindset too. So we get into all kinds of different things. Um, I have a podcast called from overwhelmed to under control and that's on Apple and Spotify and most places. And my website is Chelsea And then I have one-on-one coaching and a membership and a lot of really exciting things coming up in 2023 too. So
0: good. Well,
1: thank you again for
0: spending a little part of your day with us. This was amazing. And we'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes. So thank you again, Chelsea, for being here. I appreciate you so much.
1: Thank you, Becky. This was fun.
0: This episode of the Modern Direct Seller podcast is sponsored by the Modern Direct Seller Challenge. Join us for a fun, free, five-day challenge to grow your network, get new customers, engage with your followers, collaborate with others, and build your team without feeling salesy and spammy. Go ahead and save your seat at moderndirectseller.com slash challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Modern Direct Seller Podcast. For more sales tips, strategy, and systems for your direct sales business, visit your one-stop shop, moderndirectseller.com. Until next time, get out there and go rock your biz.